Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world, where it's naturally supernatural. My guest has been to heaven and to hell. When he describes heaven, many of you will literally feel the atmosphere of heaven as if you were there too. Next. Sid Roth has spent over 40 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here with Ryan Bryce. Ryan was a producer for how many years, Ryan? Oh, six, seven, six, somewhere in there. Six or seven years for It's Supernatural. And God has just promoted him full time into his own ministry. And I rejoice over it. But I didn't know this, but I just found out Ryan had an encounter in hell. I did. Yes, sir. It was the most incredible thing uh, that I've ever felt physically in a negative way. I had an angel of the Lord in the middle of the night take me to a place in hell. It was a room, so to speak. I've seen the fires of hell in other encounters, but this was no fire. He opened the door. Excuse me. Yeah. Was this? Do you feel like you were literally there? Oh yeah, I was there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, you know, like Paul said, in the body, out of the body. I don't know, but I was there because I. This angel grabbed me and brought me. Here's the most extraordinary thing. When the door was open, I fell on my back. I mean, I slammed to the ground and said, if I was laying on the ground right now and you, this sounds a little odd, but if you were to take a vehicle and slowly lay it on my chest, you know, that feeling that eventually it would crush me, that feeling, uh, the, the Lord spoke to me. That's what it feels like to be completely abandoned by God. Uh, there, when there's no hope in hell, there's no hope. You know, you've talked about hell. Yeah. You've read about hell, yeah. but I have noticed when someone experiences it, they become a different person and far more passionate that others don't end up there. Sid, I feel like tearing up right now. I, I'm just telling you, I had the feeling of what it's like when you go to hell and you have no second chance. It's hopeless. You're abandoned by God. Now, he, he, he didn't send you there. You send yourself to hell. But when you're there, I felt that crushing, <gasps> I, I can never get out. I'm, I'm here forever. And the Lord just wanted me to experience that because I'm an that's, evangelist that's at heart. So hopeless for the person. It's completely hopeless. That's why, you know, as a pastor and evangelist, I, I do everything I can to make sure people aren't going there. It's, it's, it's yes, there'll be torment and there'll be all those things. But the very, the, one of the greatest torments is you're never going to be, uh, uh, receive a touch from God ever in your life again. You're never going to be able to cry out. You're never going to be, feel love, nothing, complete hopelessness, a complete abandoned by God. How long do you think you were there? It, it was for several moments, long enough to where I'm like, I, th- this is enough. Did you see the suffering there? I saw, here's the a, here's a sad thing, Sid. I saw people there I knew uh, that are still alive today. And so, wow. yeah. That, so, can you imagine if you had that type of an, an encounter, yeah. how it would revolutionize your life? I sure can imagine. It, it puts the fear of God in you. You, you don't you don't you don't want anything to do with hell, anything to do with the demonic, nothing to do with. It's like I, I want to live on fire for God every day of my life, man. But then God gave you an encounter in heaven. 
Now, was this as literal as the hell? It was as literal in direct contrast. And I've been privileged to have several encounters in heaven. And this one Sid, was so incredible. Uh, again, in the body, out of the body, I don't know. Uh, and I'm taken up to heaven. And I'm standing on this beautiful grassy area in heaven. Now, I felt every fruit of the Spirit 100% maxed out in me all at the same time. I felt what it was like to feel 100% love. 100% joy, not one ounce of discouragement, depression, not one ounce of anger and peace, 100%. So I'm standing there feeling the fruit of the Spirit. And so when you're in heaven, and again, I'm privileged, and many are going to start encountering heaven more and more, the Lord showed me even after this broadcast. And um, uh, when you're in heaven, the euphoric feeling that you feel, I don't know how else to describe it, is so beautiful and wonderful. It, it it's like you take a breath and it's like every breath you take is better than the, the one before. So anyway, when I was in heaven, um, uh, there was a little, some stress going on in my life at the time. So, so when I, the Lord brought me up to, to show me, but son, this is what peace is like, the peace of heaven. And you remember Jesus said, uh, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we can have the God kind of peace. So I'm standing there in heaven. And uh, I tried, Sid, to think a confusing thought. I tried to, I, with everything in me, I tried to be like, what am I worried about? What am I stressed over? And nothing comes into your mind. Nothing. It's impossible in heaven. You, there's no stress. There's no anxiety. And so the Lord, when I came out of that experience, I mean, I was buzzing for days, you know. But when I came out of that experience, I'm like, you know what? We go through more in this life than we have to. All we have to do is tap into what heaven has for us in you know the Bible, you know the scriptures, the Bible's full of the peace of God. He keeps those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on thee, and so on and so forth. But when we tap into the heaven kind of peace, it changes the way we live here on earth in love and joy and everything else. And here's the thing. I feel like even now that the people that are watching at home are going to feel, like Sid said in the open, the presence of heaven. I feel it rushing through me right now. That you right now, my friend, are feeling the very atmosphere of heaven. Whatever you need, the joy of the Lord, the love of the Father, the peace of God is coming through right now into where you're watching this. And I pray that you receive that, that you just receive it. There you go. Just receive it. Receive that heaven's peace. You see that? To Jesus, there's no cares. There's no worry. There's no stress. And Father, I speak that peace over everybody watching right now in Jesus' name. Oh, I tell you, and you expect me now to do the interview. Oh, Sid, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ryan, you wrote a brand new book called Killing Lazarus. What does that mean? Well, thank you for asking. There's many people that know the story of Lazarus. Uh, of he was, he died. He was in the uh, tomb for several days and, you know, he was not, he was dead, dead. I mean, he's as dead as dead can be. And uh, that's why Jesus waited. Three that's days why he waited. Prove he was dead. Exactly. And there's many people that are watching. The Lord showed me that you're feeling dead on the inside and, and said uh, about this book, the Lord showed me that people are going to feel born again, again, uh, Jesus came and he did his thing. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And uh, Lazarus came forth. But then the Bible says uh, that the, the religious leaders wanted to kill Lazarus and because on account of him, many of the people believed in Jesus. You know what? He didn't even have to open his didn't mouth. Didn't have to say a word. Wherever he showed up, that's the guy exactly. who was dead for three exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> so when it, wherever uh, Lazarus went, they thought of Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, they, they thought of Lazarus. That's a unique thing about the gospel. 
And so that's why I wrote the book called Killing Lazarus, because the same reason that the enemy tried to take out Lazarus is the same reason why he's trying to take you out, my friend. I know, and Ryan knows, what's coming. And I think the devil is trying to discourage you so that you will throw in the towel before you're ready to hit the home run. Talk to someone that feels everything in life that's going against them. My friend, we got. I've been a Christian for over 42 years. I know I don't, don't look that old, but over 42 years. And I am telling you, we have to get to the point where we, where we got to quit holding on until Jesus comes. You know, there's more to life than just holding on, my friend. And when the enemy tries to come in, he's trying to bring distraction into your life. He's trying to make you sick so you backslide. He's trying to put some sin in your life so you'll walk away from God. The enemy is trying to take you out. Why? The enemy is trying to take you up because he's afraid of you. Well, you may say, well, I don't feel like a threat to the enemy right now. Well, my friend, the fact, the very fact that you're a son and daughter of God, you're a major threat to the enemy. You got to get your fight back. So there's a story of, of a Revolutionary War naval commander in the 1700s. He was fighting with his ship and things were not looking good. True story. And the, uh, one of his uh, shipmates or whatever came over and said, hey, are, are we going to make it? You know, things aren't looking good. And he, he looked at him and said, I have not yet begun to fight. And that's the, I feel the Lord on that. We, we have to get our fight back. You know, I grew up in a home uh, where, you know, my dad died when I was 12. And you know my mom personally. Yes. And she didn't let us. That's why I don't have as much hair as I used to. She grabbed us by the head and say, I plead the blood of Jesus <laughs> on the way to school, on the way. You know, she, she had, she, there was things when I was doing when I was a teenager that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I come in late and there she was waiting for me because she's a prophetess, as you know. She says, where were you? <laughs> How would you like to have a mother that knew yeah. where? you were. Yeah, she knew where I was. Let's see if you're honest. Yeah, she knew right where I was, but she prayed me through all that. But see, I grew up in a home where you don't ever give up. You keep the fight. You keep going. And I know there's people that may be watching that are discouraged and overwhelmed. But see, that's why I did all this material and the CDs and everything, because it's time for you to say, ah, you're going to have an aha moment. You're going to have that being born again, again moment where you're going to be like, that's why he's trying to do that. Because I, the Lord showed me all these different reasons and ways he's trying to get in and overwhelm you. Does everyone have a testimony? It doesn't matter. See, I was going to say when I was five, you know, I grew up in church. I have a powerful testimony. You know, it doesn't matter if you got saved on the streets of New York. Everybody's got a testimony. See, they, uh, and, and a lot of people, not only do you have your born again testimony, you have the testimony that you're working on now. So if you're sick, if you're, if you're discouraged, you're, all you're doing is you're working on your testimony. You're going to be writing books one day. You're going to be on Sid Roth one day. You're going to be preaching the gospel. You're working on your testimony right now, but everybody's got one, Sid. You have to tell us about your niece's graduation. You see, when, when I was, uh, when my father died, you know, I had to learn about the love of the father. How old is, were you then? I was only 12. Okay. And he was sick for five years. From seven to 12, I didn't even know my dad. So I had to, I had to find the father's love. It's about receiving, you know, living love, like Jude says, keeping yourselves in the love of God. I was at this, um, uh, my niece's graduation. And uh, there was about 3,000 people there, and they said to everybody, listen, there's all, all these kids coming up. Please don't applaud or anything. Uh, you know, we want to say that to the end, otherwise it's going to go too long. And about five or six uh, uh, kids into it, uh, we hear from the back of the auditorium, that's my boy! And everybody... <laughs> 
everybody laughed. And guess what? It said everybody clapped for the kid. Nobody knew who he was. But this, this uh, assuming father was like, that's my boy. I don't know if he used to get bad grades or, or what. But, but for when, when I heard him say, that's my boy, I thought, that's how father sees you. Every morning when I wake up, the Lord's saying, that's my boy. Ma'am, every morning when you wake up, that's my girl. And, I, and I, I'll never forget that because that's the father's love over you. That's my boy. And you may say, well, Ryan, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. And life it doesn't is not working out. You're still, if you are born again, you are his son and you are his daughter. And he's got a precious and beautiful plan for your life. You have what a dream of a sewer. I want you to briefly share that. Sid, I had a dream. It was so vivid. Um, there was an open sewer, and I've been in some nasty sewers in, in India doing missions work. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad and, and smelled so bad, even in the dream. And uh, all these young people were dancing and carrying on and smoking and drinking as if they didn't have a care in the world. And then they they thought it would be cool to jump in this cesspool, the sewer, and uh, they jumped in, but they they had no idea what they were jumping into. They jumped in, and then over here they started coming out, and I was standing where they were coming out. And every time they would come out, man said, this one young lady, she's like, what have I done? What what have I done? And she she said, it wasn't it, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth going into the world. It wasn't worth doing the drugs. It wasn't worth sleeping around. It wasn't worth giving into the world because once they dove in and all that slimy sewer stuff was, I know it sounds gross, but all that stuff was on them. They're like, "What, what did I do? It's almost like they were asleep and all of a sudden they woke up. Exactly. And the Lord is going to bring an awakening. uh, So these young people and people all over the world are not going to have that temptation to jump into the world any longer. Well, you're talking to them, many of them, and it has nothing to do with age. There are people that are coated in the stuff of the sewer, Mm. and you don't even realize it. But I believe the glory on this show, the heavenly glory that's being released right now, will allow you to have your breakthrough if you do not know Jesus. Yes, you know about him. But if you don't have your own experiential knowledge with God, I'm going to ask Ryan to lead you in a prayer right now. I want you to say it wherever you are out loud. It's easy to receive Jesus in your heart. It's not complicated. All you have to do is say yes. So wherever you are right now, all over the world, say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Make me a brand new person. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from jumping into any sewer of the world. And from this moment on, I give my life to you, Jesus. Come and live inside me. And I give my life to you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Ryan, just as you um, uh, had to learn the Father's love, there are so many watching us right now And in the heart of hearts, you've said to God, am I a mistake? Nothing's going right in my life. Well, I want you to talk to that person right now. Friend, there is no mistakes. Some of the greatest men and women of God I know were born out of wedlock. There is no mistakes. 
It doesn't matter how you came in this world. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. You are not a mistake. You are so loved. One of the key messages on my own life is because of growing up without a father is a father's love. And friend, you, if you are born again, you are his son and you are his daughter and he loves you. All you have to do is do what Jude 21 says is keep yourself in the love of God every day. Don't get out from underside that uh, from underneath that love. You keep yourself in his love every day. And father, I speak that love of the father over everyone listening that they have their own encounter. It's a friend. It's about receiving He not only loves you, my friend, he likes you and he loves you and he enjoys you. Yes, you, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you are completely and thoroughly adored by God. You see, God knew you before you were conceived in your mother's womb. And he has a plan for you. And I know my father. I know it's a good plan. Yes, he has a good plan for every life. But it's a question of knowing him and walking with him and reading the Bible and understanding who he is. Now, Ryan says breakthroughs, they're great. But how would you like to be untouchable by the enemy? Much better. Next. We will be right back to It's Supernatural. Call now and get this powerful brand new book, Killing Lazarus by Ryan Bruss, plus his exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Drive the Enemy Mashuga Crazy, an exclusive package for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9714. I have been a Christian for over 42 years, and he is the enemy has tried to drive me crazy. And I am sick and tired of that, and I'm sick and tired of the enemy trying to drive his God's people crazy, so we're going to make him crazy. Through Ryan's powerful brand new book, you will discover why the enemy is trying to take you out. Understand what you can do about it. Learn how to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness as you walk in your God-given destiny and calling. Discover how to pay the enemy back for everything he has done to you in the past. The book includes 100 declarations, Ryan's personalized verses of scripture to help keep the enemy away and cause him to be on the run. The enemy is trying to take your calling. And when I teach this, it flips everything around and turns it back on the devil. So you start to make the devil pay. And believe it or not, the enemy is afraid of you. Plus, you will receive his exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Drive the Enemy Mashuga Crazy. Now it's time to take your stand, move into your breakthrough, and make him feel crazy and frustrated. In this teaching series, Ryan shares how to keep the devil on the run by keeping the greatest commandment to love God above all else, allowing your heart to be filled with love for one another, speaking often of the blood of Jesus, praying in our heavenly language, wielding the Word of God as a sword. Now is the time to push back, live on the offense, and keep the devil on the run. Discover why the enemy is trying to take you out and what you can do about it. Don't miss out on getting this powerful brand new book, Killing Lazarus by Ryan Bruss, plus his exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Drive the Enemy Mashuga Crazy, an exclusive package for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9714. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 97. Or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. 
never heard this before. Brian. You use the word untouchable. See, what happens is you, you find yourself on the other side of the threshold. I tell my churches all the time, get on the other side of the threshold. Go Get through that door so you don't have to keep beating that door down again. Get your healing. Get your heart healed. Get, your, get yourself set free so you can get on the other side of this breakthrough so you can live untouchable. So you're not always looking for a breakthrough in your life, you know? Uh, now, speaking about being untouchable... Uh, I, I want him to share a story in which he literally drove the devil, Meshuggah, that's a Hebrew word, it uh, means crazy. <laughs> Guatemala. Me and a couple of my friends were preaching in Guatemala, and we went to the top of this mountain, and I didn't think there was anybody going to be there, to be honest with you, <laughs> because it's such a journey. And we get to the top, say, there's like 700 people on top of this mountain. I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere. And um, so... Uh, when I got up to preach, I preached in English, then I got translated uh, into um, uh, Spanish and then Quechi. So, you know, by the time he gets back to you, it's like forever. So you got to stay in that presence. I've here, done that, I know. Yeah, it's not easy. So here's what I did, though. I thought, you know what? I was looking at all the faces. I have nothing in, Ryan Bruss has nothing for them, only Jesus. So the first thing I did see when I get up there is I said, Jesus, you are welcome here. And the place went crazy. The, even the intercessory team. And I always thought they were weird anyway, intercessors. No, my mom's an intercessor. But the intercessory team was full of demons. Witchcraft had got into that church. That, that's an Eng English word by crazy. It's an English word for the Hebrew word, mashuga. Mashuga. Everybody went mashuga in the entire place. I mean, true story. Women had took their babies, held them by their heel, and threw them through the air into the, uh, the altar area. There was so much witchcraft. And for 20 minutes, just because I invited Jesus in there, that's all I did, because he hadn't been invited in quite a while, because of all the witchcraft that got in, into the pastor's life, too. So it took us 20 minutes to calm everybody down. The place was crazy. You should have seen it. You, ah, screaming and devils and babies flying. It was just nasty. And after 20 minutes, I preached the gospel, and the, um, the that church had a move of God. The, a lot of the people came to the next meeting, and it's like they went from darkness to light. That all that, all that shell of darkness was off their face. The pastor got radically touched, and we had a move of God there, and it's still continuing on. I mean, it's amazing what God will do when you just fight, invite Jesus into your circumstances. Just say, Jesus, come here. Why? You had a huge breakthrough, beyond breakthrough. What's the secret? So the secret is inviting the presence of the Lord into the most ordinary moments of life. You, you are a general in the faith, but Sid, you have ordinary moments. You eat breakfast, you pay bills, you, you go to the store. And I've learned that if we have invite Jesus into those moments, we can encounter him at breakfast. We can encounter him when we're in the DMV, believe it or not. We can encounter the Lord in even the most ordinary moments of life. You know how many times I've encountered the Lord mowing the lawn? Well, what does that mean? I mean, I've encountered the Lord. I, I'm mowing the lawn, and I just talk to Jesus, and I feel the presence of the Lord so strong on me. And he'll say, son, I love you, or son, this or that. It's in the ordinary moments of life that we experience the extraordinary moments of God. And, and we all have them, and it's available for everybody. If you learn to invite Jesus, the presence of God, into the ordinary moments of life, you will not have any ordinary days anymore. Every day will be extraordinary. But what if you don't feel it? Feeling has nothing to do with it. It's all about, it's a faith walk.
And, you know, see, it's about the, like the love of the Father, Sid. I don't necessarily feel the overwhelming love of the Father right now, but I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm loved, and so I don't even go there. I'm not even te tested in that area. Pray for us right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that in these ordinary moments of changing the diapers and mowing the lawn and going to work, that you will visit them because you're showing me right now that you're about to visit your people like never before. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your glory. And even the most ordinary moments of their life, and Lord, you're going to make their lives extraordinary, and they'll never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. I tell you, you are loved. In Jesus' name. After Lazarus was raised from the dead, the religious leaders wanted to have him killed. Why? Because everywhere that Lazarus went, he was a testimony of the power of God, and many believed in Jesus because of him. Ryan Bruss shares how you can overcome the enemy and his attacks so you can successfully become everything God has destined you to be. Call now and get this powerful brand new book, Killing Lazarus, by Ryan Bruss, plus his exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Drive the Enemy Meshuga. Crazy, an exclusive package for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9714. I have been a Christian for over 42 years, and he is, the enemy has tried to drive me crazy. And I am sick and tired of that, and I'm sick and tired of the enemy trying to drive his, uh, God's people crazy. So we're going to make him crazy. Through Ryan's powerful brand new book, you will discover why the enemy is trying to take you out. Understand what you can do about it. Learn how to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness as you walk in your God-given destiny and calling. Discover how to pay the enemy back for everything he has done to you in the past. The book includes 100 declarations, Ryan's personalized verses of scripture to help keep the enemy away and cause him to be on the run. The enemy is trying to take your calling. He's trying to take your intimacy with, with God. The enemy is trying to make you not feel like a son or daughter of God. He's trying to get you to live in a, in a small place keep you hemmed in. And when I teach this, it flips everything around and turns it back on the devil. So you start to make the devil pay. And believe it or not, the enemy is afraid of you. Plus, you will receive his exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Drive the Enemy Meshuggah Crazy. Now it's time to take your stand, move into your breakthrough, and make him feel crazy and frustrated. In this teaching series, Ryan shares how to keep the devil on the run by keeping the greatest commandment to love God above all else, allowing your heart to be filled with love for one another, speaking often of the blood of Jesus, praying in our heavenly language, wielding the Word of God as a sword. Now is the time to push back, live on the offense, and keep the devil on the run. Discover why the enemy is trying to take you out and what you can do about it. Don't miss out on getting this powerful brand new book, Killing Lazarus by Ryan Bruss, plus his exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Drive the Enemy Mashuga Crazy, an exclusive package for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9714. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 97. Or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural. Hi, I'm Troy Brewer. 
And I'm here to tell you that time travel is real and we have proof. Join me on the next It's Supernatural with Sid Roth as we share together what you and I are going to encounter whenever we invite King Jesus into your personal timeline. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide. Many viewers report testimonies of miracles, signs, and wonders as a result of watching It's Supernatural. Share your testimony at SidRoth.org forward slash praise.